Hey, Oscar. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. It's Friday. It's the end of a long day. Yep. Of a long week. Yep. Of a long month. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> so, we have got the question. We received a question yep. from an anonymous questioner. <laughs> I can never guess who it is. Yeah. Well, anyway, if anyone has a question that they would like us to answer, they can send it to us however you want. Yeah, do we have like a comment section anywhere? We don't... I don't think we have a comment section. We do have an email address, actually. It's podcast podcast at distancify.com. Perfect. Yeah. Go there, send us questions. Yeah, and we'll answer them. Now, this question is not too technical per se, but I think it requires some technical people to answer it properly. Right? Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Why did I say right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here's the question. In the past, school was needed to create people that could function in a factory. Uh, Focus was on uniformity and mass production. We needed people and we needed a lot of them. These days, businesses need programmers. So the school system has started mass producing them. The process is the same focusing on uniformity and basic practical skill. What's your take on this? Oof, that's a tough question. It's a it's a big question. Yeah, but sure. what I think, I think that this is a problem because we are creating, basically, if we see uh, the industry or a job as a big machine, we are just creating more cogs, more parts that keeps the machine spinning or keeps the machine going. Yeah. But they do not really they do not really improve the machine or make the machine better in any extent other than keeping it alive, so, so to speak, or keeping it going. Mm-hmm. It's like you graduate with this basic set of skills that can put you in a hopefully in a like a junior position where you can just take instructions and produce results without being like a critical thinker in there in between. You're just a code monkey, basically. <laughs> that, that, that's yeah. what we produce, right? Yeah. I remember we had, when I went to school, we, we had a bit of theory, but there was not a lot of theory in the web development branch yeah. of uh, studies. It was mainly just the real, real basics yeah. in, in sort of theory. Yeah, but this is interesting because you kind of, you have kind of experienced this firsthand. Like your education, the formal education was very focused on learning the practical skills so you can get a job. Right. Basically, right? Yeah, yeah. And as you said, I have direct experience to it. I also believe that you have secondhand experience from hiring me. So (laughs) you got to realize (laughs) the skill set that a fresh graduated student has yeah, for good and bad. But yeah, going back to the question, what, what was actually the, the question? Well, the, the question isn't really like, you can't just answer it with a correct or right. incorrect. It's like, what is your view on the basically the fact that this is... Right. I think everybody yes. can agree that this is happening. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
I think everybody has the same, everybody sees the same thing, but it's interesting, like this is in one way, it's kind of like a political question, right? Like how are we going to produce, you know, the workforce that is going to uphold society in this particular area? Right. And you can, with all political debates, there are also always two sides. And I think we can lay out the sides as I have identified them. So on one hand, you see people who have this sort of traditional view of the world and uh, kind of like, oh, yeah, of course, we just need more programmers and everything will be good, right? Yeah. And then you have sort of the opposition to that is more like, um, why are we producing these, uh, you know, code monkeys? We need grand architectures. Right. And now I will tell you why both are wrong. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> now, the interesting part with these kind of discussions is that they are usually among two camps who have no idea what they're actually talking about uh, because they are not programmers themselves. Very right. few politicians are right, programmers, right? So you'd, you'd listen to the, the, uh, you know, the industry, uh, but they are just saying like, you know, give us more programmers. That's what we want. But there are different type of programmers. You brought up the junior versus senior, right? And, and uh, that is the uh, sort of one-dimensional view that a lot of people have. Like, okay, you're going to become a programmer. Okay, you start out as a junior you know, programmer or developer, and then you become senior. Mm. And then you're good, you know. And that's it, right? It is not like that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> You're, you know, as a developer, you're not a one-dimensional sort of like, you know, trip to seniority. Of course, like putting aside the fact that you could specialize within different, you know, fields, there are also different type of people. So I used to call them, I don't know if there is good terminology for this, so I made up my own. I call them platform developers and application developers. In both cases, you can be a junior or a senior. But there's a huge difference in the mentality of the two groups. Now, the interesting part is when you look at the political debate is that one side is actually talking about the platform developers and the other side is talking about application developers and then they can't agree on what they think is just one type of developer. Right. Uh, and that is kind of where, <laughs> where, where it becomes a little bit interesting. So I see this, uh, this difference between... We need a lot of application developers uh, to simply build the things that people need and businesses need. And that's probably the type of person that the school system is optimized for creating. But the difference between a platform developer and an application developer, in my view, is it's not a, it's not a question of competence. It's not that, but, but I think it can look like that. So, you know, let's go back to the practical differences. An application developer is someone who applies technology to solve an actual person's problem. A platform developer is more the type of developer that builds the very fabric of which the application developer then sort of uses to create mm. an applied solution. Right. You can draw some you know, parallels like the difference between researchers and entrepreneurs, right? So you have researchers who make discoveries 
But then you have entrepreneurs who take that discovery and makes it into, you know, a product or something that can be actually of use to someone. Mm. And um, you need different type of people for that. And it's the same thing with developers. So when you say we need these uh, really, really smart people to, you know, figure out these uh, problems that humanity face... And then you look at the school and say, yeah, <laughs> they're not coming from there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, what you're saying is we need platform developers. And if we look at the school system, they're not geared toward producing them. But on the other hand, you also need application developers. And I think the school is doing a pretty good job, actually, to, to produce that. It's just that, you know, the difference is more about the individual itself. So I don't think it is actually the schools. Like they're not in a position to even, I don't think, I don't see school changing in a way that, you know, okay, now we take all of these people who are, you know, destined to become application developers and now we make them into platform developers. Because if you want to be a platform developer, you have to have a different mind. You have to have almost like an artistic mind. The code that you write is you know, your, is a painting that you produce. Mm. And you have to have an obsessive mind. Like you have to obsess over all the minute little details. Because if you're building a platform for other people to stand on, every little tiny design decision you make will have a huge impact on, take Linux, for example. You know, a piece of software that basically powers the whole world. <laughs> Big parts of to, to, yeah. to a very large extent. Like, imagine, you know, one of those design decisions to have been completely different from the very early, you know, beginning. We would have a different world right now. Of course, you can go back and we can make changes, but you have to obsess over those decisions mm. in order to be able to create something that will work and continue to work and prove itself over and over and over again. Yeah. And that is not something that you can teach someone. That is something that has to come from some intrinsic drive within the person itself. Mm. Just like you cannot teach someone to, you know, paint like Da Vinci. You, 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 yeah. can, you can teach someone the technique, but you can never guarantee that you will end up with a Da Vinci at, in the end. And that's the kind of person, kind of mindset you need. And you often find these people are multi-talented. But they are rare to find as well. Extremely rare. Yeah. And school has nothing to do with it. You know, you can build the best school, the worst school. They are going to come either way. Right. So if you're looking at school to produce platform developers, you're looking in the wrong place. A lot of times, uh, actually, when you find these people, school can become almost, uh, you know, come in the way. Mm. Because they have so much inner drive that all you need to do is just get out of the way. And things will, you know, <laughs> yeah, develop pro itself. Provide them the right tools. Yeah, give them the opportunity, uh, but don't try to be, you don't need to lift them from above. You just need to create something for them to stand on and uh, just let them go. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but you can do that with the kind of, let's say, regular person who would be, you know, perfectly suited to become an application developer. Right. Where it's like, yeah, most people go to work so that they can be off in the weekend. A, what I call a platform developer, works all the time. <laughs> it's just, 
You know, they cannot stop working. Starting to sound like yourself. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, uh, my point is you cannot basically mass produce. You you can't you can't mass uh, produce them, and there's no uh, way you can change the school to yeah. create more of them. They are just there, and that's it. You know, be happy about it. And um, but then we can talk. So we can almost take them and take them out of the question. They're not even. You know, if we're talking about the school system, we just not like. Okay, these guys or girls, they would do their thing, <laughs> you know. Mm. Now let's look at the school system. Okay, let's produce application developers because we need them. Uh, well, we need a lot of them. There's a lot of software to be built. What well, What do you think about this idea? I got this thought while you were talking that I mean, as you say, we need a lot of application developers. Yeah. Right. And if Sweden or our country or the school near you or like that is not going to produce them. Where do we find them? Well, we will outsource them, right? Yeah. And I think that is a problem to, like, when the country itself looks at okay, what 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 do we create here? What is the future of our generation becoming? And we see, oh, we have no developers from Sweden, like let's say from here. So okay, we're running low on this. Maybe we should put more effort into creating like education branches to create these jobs or create these yeah. workers for tomorrow, right? Yeah. Because maybe they see that, oh, wait, so many companies are outsourcing from all these other countries mm -hmm. because we don't have the, the people here. We don't have enough developers or something like that. Yeah. Do you think that is a possible like cause, maybe not cause, but minor part into all this. So you mean like the reason we are that the schools are creating the application developer in such high supply is because we have had a demand for it and it's often been taken from outside the country. Yeah, obviously it's like, um, it's not that outsourcing per se causes some sort of panic, I think, but it's a uh, The challenge with this whole, um, with the system itself is if you're building a system where you're mass producing something, mm. uh, it's very hard to personalize. Yeah, sure. Tailor it for specific Usually, things, they right? usually go against each other. Yeah. You want to strike that balance where you have, um, it's, a very it's a very delicate situation because it's very easy to overproduce because you have a lot of momentum. As well, it's like it takes a long, it takes a long time to get up to speed and start producing these, you know, people. <laughs> and it, this is, I think, this is the main problem facing the school system today. Is the only way of increasing the speed and increasing the volume is to standardize the education. And yeah, sure, isn't that already happening? Yeah, so. the problem is by the time you've done that, you know, the industry moved on. So you're teaching people practical skills, but by the time they graduate, you know, nobody uses that anymore. Right. It's just so, so ridiculously fast. Any worker in any field faces this problem yeah. today where you are probably not going to work with the same thing all your life. It's unlikely, yeah. you know. In the past, it used to be, you know, my father was a carpenter, so I'm a carpenter. Sure. And my... Son's yeah. gonna be a carpenter. Can't be like that in IT. No, but but then you you came from uh, and, and you know for the last 
200 years or 100 years, it would be like, my father was a farmer, but I work in a factory. And then you work in a factory all your life and your son works in a factory all his life. And now we've come to the point where the sort of technological generation is less than one lifespan. Mm. So, you know, maybe you start out as a farmer (laughs) and then you turn into a factory worker and by the time you retire, you're something else. And this doesn't really align super well with the human anatomy uh, because it's really hard for us to change, especially as we grow older and we grow complacent. And, um, you know, we're happy with whatever we are doing. Uh, And that is uh, a real problem. Now, that's not really the question we should tackle because then we will talk for another four hours about that. But I think for the schools... There's always room for improvement, but uh, if you're looking at schools and saying like, oh, they're not producing geniuses, you know, that's not their goal. (laughs) That's not what they should do. They should produce what the industry needs. And the problem is that they're not agile enough always to do that in a way that when these people actually leave school... They are relevant. Exactly. So I don't have the solution to it, but like either you severely cut down on the time spent in school. Like we spend a ridiculous long time in school for someone who is just going to have a practical work. Like, okay, you spend, first you spend like nine years in like uh, basic school and then a couple of years in you know, gymnasium or, or high school. And then you spend another three years in like a university for what? To become a web developer? Seriously? Like that's a practical skill. Like, it's now harder to become a web developer than to become a carpenter or a mechanic because a mechanic is just as much an application developer as an application developer. It's the same type of skill. There's a difference between a mechanic and an engineer and there's a difference between an application developer and a platform developer. Right. I would not probably take... If I have a problem with my car, I would not take it to an engineer. I would take it to a mechanic had the practical skills, who know how to loosen a rusty bolt, who knows how to, you know, make make stuff work in practice. But if I wanted to design a car, I wouldn't go to a mechanic, I would go to an engineer. Just as I wouldn't go to a platform developer and ask them to build me an iPhone app. But I would go to them and say, hey, build me an iPhone. (laughs) You know? Or equivalent. And, um... Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good comparison of what the different types are. And, mm. and the problem is, you know, if you told someone like, okay, let's say you have a six-year-old. You're talking to a six-year-old and you're like, okay, you want to become a mechanic? Sure. Yeah. You just have to study for <laughs> 15 years and then you can become a mechanic. Then right. you will know. Like, that doesn't make any sense. If we are going to have people to that have to relearn new skills all throughout their career... Why do we spend you know, the first 25 years of a human's life studying and then like you don't do any more studying until you're like 65 or like until you yeah. uh, retire? So like why not mix it up a little? Maybe, you know, do you need to get the basic skills. You need to know, you know, how society works. Uh, but then you should probably practice something useful. Right. <laughs> And then maybe you come back and learn some more or do it at the, you know, on the side. You know, people talking about 
you know, we should we should do, um, uh, you know, there are experiments with like four-day work weeks. Okay, you know, let's do four-day work. What are you going to do with the with an extra day? Are you going to, you know, sleep on the couch? Or are you actually going to use that for something useful? I mean, we as developers are so used to continuously educate ourselves that I would say a developer, an average developer, probably already have a two or three day work week. And then we spend, or we should at least spend two, two and a half day just educating ourselves every week. That will make you more effective. Yeah. It's not that you need more rest. And also about all these years that you spend to then become something very simple, I feel like as humanity progresses in society, there's so much basic knowledge you have to learn before you can start like branching today. And at the same time, it feels like people, because of how we are getting information thrown at us daily through our phones, through our computers, like all these medias and networks reaching out to us, that our attention spans grow shorter or lessen in some way. That like in the future, you may need 20, 30 years to become that <laughs> yeah. expert, right? Yeah, but gonna, people only want to spend five years. Yeah. Are you going to be in school for 50 years so you can work there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's like, it first make... you have to learn the basics, which takes 30 years. Because yeah. we have progressed so far. Yeah. So if you don't know these, you won't even understand the beginning of like, let's say web development. Yeah. And here's the thing. I, th- I don't think humans are made to do one thing well we're not sort of made to multitask but you can definitely do more than one thing per day right so instead of spending 25 or 20 years let's say 20 years in school let's say you start at age of five six start actually learning stuff and then you you know come out in the workforce around 24 if you if you do higher education um so almost 20 years you you spend that time in school like okay are you gonna actually study all day for 20 years no way. Like, nope. you can do it even if you want to. Like, your, your brain cannot take up new information at that pace for that long. So why not just, you know, because the rest of your career, you're going to do, you know, educate yourself and learn new things as you go. Why not study four hours and work four hours every day? Right. And like mix it up. It, like, you're not, you cannot... L- They've done like ex- research uh, on, um, I think it's like musicians, how they practice, right. and they get the most sort of bang for the buck if they do like deliberate practice for just a few hours, and then they actually you know rest or do something else. They they rest their musical muscle. So they have like, sure, you know. So if you you know, because now it's like eighty percent of the time during the first 20 years, you do nothing and then 20% you study. And then, yeah. uh, you're, you know, you're done and now you're spending 80% of your time working, 20% doing nothing. <laughs> right. But you can't, you can't just say, okay, since the total amount of information you need to take is actually just 20% of, of 20 years, so, you know, let's finish school in, in five years. Five years should be enough to get all the information, right? No, it doesn't work like that because you cannot study 24 hours a day. Uh, so you have to drag it out. But I think, you know, you should really aim at, okay, we, I'm going to study for four hours 
a day for the rest of my life. That's the mindset you should have. And it doesn't, like, you can, you can work eight hours, study four, you know, especially for the first few years. Right. Until you have too many responsibilities. That's why I think that universities should have or spend or make a greater effort into getting the people out in the industry somehow before they are done. Yeah. Because I think there are a lot of students out there who choose a branch without really knowing what they want to do because they have to make a choice, but they yeah. don't know if they made the right choice. And you don't really understand if you love the job before you have it, right? Yeah. Only reading the theory about programming won't make you understand if you will like doing this for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. And as we are talking about it as well, just working continuously, coding nonstop for eight hours, that that isn't fun. Like you will run out of energy before that. <laughs> yeah. But if you mix it up, and it's the same also, like reading documentation for eight hours isn't like something you want to do either. You yeah. want to... Sitting down for eight, for eight hours isn't fun. Watching TV for eight hours isn't Exactly. Fun. Browsing Instagram for eight hours isn't fun. Like we are not meant to do the same thing for an extended period of time. We are meant to switch between tasks at a reasonable pace. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can go overboard and you can do, you know, one second of everything, which is multitasking, and then you become exhausted from that alone. But, you know, doing something for an hour or, uh, you know, half an hour and then do something else, take a break, you know, clear your mind. That is how the, you know, how your body is meant to function. You, I can run for eight hours in a day, but I can't run for eight hours without stopping. Right. <laughs> you know, I have to take a lot of breaks. So um, you have to adjust your routines to suit your, you know, body. Your body has cycles, uh, daily cycles, monthly cycles. Learn how you, how your body works and will help you achieve a lot more. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, that was... Uh, I think we covered <laughs> I a lot. Yeah. A lot around that question. That was, that was our take on that uh, question. Uh, now... Um, we probably raised more questions that we answered. As usual. Yeah. But that's that's what we're going to say for today on that. However, or hey. did you have more? No, I did not have more. Right. Good. Because I also have a question sent in to us. Okay. And uh, buckle up for this one. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the question is... ruin this episode. Right? And I'll let you answer first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why? Is it a trick question? Sorry? Is it a trick question? No, no. Why is YouTube music so much better than Spotify? <laughs> <laughs> Sent in by our dear colleague, Limblum. Yeah. So we have an internal dispute at the company. Yep. Which is now leaking into the public. <laughs> I'm uh, not part of it. So uh, the reason why YouTube music is better than Spotify. Yep. Well, I just can't fin- think of anything. To be honest. <laughs> but it's there in the statement itself. It is better. You just have to tell them why now. Yeah. I guess you can you can watch music videos if you want. That's great. Yeah. So if you want to listen to music with, mm-hmm. with all of your senses and not be able to do anything else while you're listening to music, YouTube music is definitely your choice. Um, all right. Yeah. So what's your favorite? Uh, I can tell you why, why, what is not better with YouTube Music. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I can... D8Y podcast is not available on YouTube Music. Oof. 
That's actually a solid reason why Spotify is a better That's what I'm saying. competitor. That's what I'm saying. So, um, yeah. I'd say it's um, yeah, it's a tie. <laughs> it's a tie then. We yeah. have the music videos on YouTube music, yeah. but you don't have this podcast there. So, you need exactly. both. You need both. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe we'll pop. Maybe we'll publish this to YouTube Music then. Just because. The yeah. only episode available on YouTube Music is this one. <laughs> yeah, we'll so Lindblom can listen to it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I think that's a wrap. Yeah, sounds great. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Bye.